What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Knife Pub Podcast, bringing you the worst and the worst of the, the knife community has to offer. All right, first thing on the topic list, where are y'all carrying today? Theorem Forge Falcon. Uh, trying to put a one micron edge on it, but my hands are not cooperating with me today. Yeah, I've got my Spyderco dice. Delica Warncliffe, Warncliffe S30V. ZT0452. Spyderco Mantra 1. Very nice, very nice. Any of y'all have new acquisitions this week? The Ferrum Forge Falcon, actually. I uh, haven't been able to put it down since I got it, but... And I got the Mantra 1 and the Uroboros in. Fucking love M4. Have you sharpened it yet? No, because it doesn't need it. This this thing is all oh, the edge is great and it is ground thin. I've actually uh, seen people delete the flipper off of it. I would yeah, consider that, but that. yeah. And the other thing is, without the flipper, there's not much to keep your hand from running up onto the blade. And I have really long fingers, so I kind of need that stop. Can you get all fingers on the handle? I can get all fingers and most of my pinky. I've never had that problem before. Like, you'll see people complaining about the 0450 handle not being long enough for them, but that thing fits me perfectly. Me too. Yeah, it's a bit it's short. way too short for me. That's why I went for the 0452, because the 0450 is just minuscule in my hands. Pretty tiny. <laughs> it's yeah, a pretty big step up. Probably. Yeah, I had the uh, little native come in yesterday, and... uh it's definitely nice in hand. I don't know, still not can't get excited about that thing. Just too little blade for too much handle. And I don't know why, but the uh, the little tiny the little tiny blade like the the shape it reminds me of the spider co cat, but like not in a good way. Kinda looks like a chode. Yeah, I can see it for you know length restricted areas, but uh, it doesn't really have the same sort of flowing lines as the dice, which actually fills the hand quite a bit better. Was the dice discontinued? Yep. Uh, it was down to about 105, 110 on most of the big sites a while back. And it's got the exact same blade length as the little native, but it's just beefier. You get more knife for the money, essentially. But then at a knife that small, do you really need the uh, super thick, super thick blade stock? Like, I haven't been able to damage the ZDP Dragonfly even when I'm, like, bearing down on that thing. It's just tiny. Yeah, but you need more steel for a flipper to work properly. Oh, that reminds me, I really need to get that chaparral. The lightweight new one. I don't think it's necessarily a thin blade stock or a thick one. It's 3 millimeters, which is on, the, I would consider, the thin side. I wouldn't take anything lower than that if I was, like, cutting zip ties or something where you've got a significant amount of lateral force on the blade. I've had and no man, problems with my ZDB Dragonfly, and I keep it at, like, 16 degrees per side. <laughs> and ZDP is supposed to be chippy, right? Yeah, definitely. Everybody's just... I'm just trying to keep one consistent angle here. So, I don't think... Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, Jarvis, what do you like so much about the uh, Ferrum Forge that you just got? The, this thing, like, when you use the forward finger choil and you put your thumb up on top of the blade, it feels like a feels like a massive knife. Like, you get so much real estate purchased on this. Like, it's... And, and, and the amount of torque you can crank out onto the blade. Because the thing with blades with belly, like, even though they're, they're they're useful, you can't 
like if something's a little bit further away, it kind of like slides. That's actually how I uh, fucked up my hand last time with a uh, rat too. I um I was aggressively tr- cleaning my strop with it, trying to get the compound off, and um it like kind of slid off the edge, and the belly just like kind of like I don't know, it, it let it dig into me, which was not a good time. One hundred percent user error, but you know. Nice. How thick is that thing behind the edge? It looks quite thick. The Ferrum Forge? Yeah. The Falcon's actually pretty nice. It uh it's super steep, but right at the very edge it's nice and thin, so not too bad. Okay. It's a little thicker than a delica behind the edge. Which that's is not, that's a comparison. But I think to be honest, a delica should be a bit thinner than it is. I would agree there i think the mantra is uh right about where most spider codes should be honestly you know i didn't really realize how thick the blade stock on the pm2 was until i tried to sharpen it the other day and i was like clamping it in. i'm like man that's impressive well it's, it's got that man. crazy crazy paper to it yeah the thing about spider co is instead of doing a thing like benchmade will take zero point like one two stock for example and then just kind of like do a mid saber on it and then Spider Co. They'll, they'll take super thick ass blade stock and just grind so much off of it that I can't even blame them for raising prices about abrasives and stuff. Like they must go through way more than other companies. I think that's something to do. Think about with the volume of steel that they hog off of those PM2s. Yeah, there's quite a bit. Yeah, and then you look at something like a uh, a grip, right? They don't start off with very thick blade stock, but they only grind that like they only take off a tiny bit of metal from those. Yeah, that's actually uh, one of the reasons why I think one of the benchmates that I held was uh, similar in weight to the bug out, but um, also started with essentially a saber grind. And I was surprised that the uh, stock that it had was sturdy enough to use. If we're talking about steels, can we bring up uh, Cedric Ada's uh, steel testing for S30V? Go ahead. So... Everybody, when S30V came out, was like, "Oh, you know, you gotta, you gotta leave a, you gotta lose, you gotta leave a toothy edge on it because the carbides, man, the, the, the carbides, carbide tear out, car, the, the, the carbides, we, we, toothy edges because car, because carbides." And then, and, and, and then you look at a, a fucking micrograph of that shit, and and and, and it, 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 there's like there's like one tiny speck of carbide for like every huge amount of, of of steel and then and, and then people are like oh you know if you, if you bring it to a polished edge that the, the edge will just fall off because because carbides and then and then cedric and then cedric does the fucking mirror cedric his name's pete i we need to stop calling him cedric ada um pete does the pete, pete does his his what is what does he call it unleashed testing puts a puts a 17 degree per side mirrored bevel on that thing and it cuts what like 33% better than with a toothy edge. That's a huge increase when you really look at it. What is he using for sharpness testing and how can he get that accurate to say it's 33% better? Well, his his original test, he got 190 cuts through rope. This one, he got 260. That's about 33%. Like, it's not... Obviously, it's not super accurate because he's the judge of... He's the one, like, trying to use the same amount of belly every time, and he's the one doing the sharpness testing on paper. But he's done it so many times that I would assume it's, like, routine for him and that muscle memory can kind of make it better than just randomly, like, 
anecdotally testing it through everyday use. It's it's backyard science, but it's like pretty high quality backyard science for what it is. Well, if you look at it, I mean, the actual cutting edge is on the you know microscopic level. So if that's looking better and is less blunt overall, then uh, you definitely are going to get a little bit more performance. I'd be interested to see him try to sharpen S90V or S110V to that high of a polish and see how it does, though. Because S30V doesn't actually have that many big carbides in it when you compare it to other steels. But people kind of assume it does just because it's like, oh, you know, it's got V in the name. That's, that's vanadium. But well, if you look at S90V, it's actually bad. It's I think for S110V, there's a very good Michael Christie video where he takes up to a pretty good polish and gets very good results. So, so much for yeah. the toothy edges. Yeah. I think the, uh, the difference between carbide volume and carbide size is very important. It's uh, usually conflated, though. Usually all of these uh, you know, powder metallurgy steels are going to have very small particle size for the carbides, which is more important to how clean of an edge you can get than just the how high the volume overall in the metal is. I agree. Like if you look at the micrographs for S110V, like the carbide size is what like is like maybe one to three microns wide. If you if if you look if you actually look at the uh, information that Crucible publishes, their car their their powder size is like what one to four microns. So if so even if a vanadium carbide can get even even if a vanadium carbide can like theoretically be huge, it's not going to be that big in the steel, like because like because of the powder metallurgy process. And then if you look at like say a uh, bowler or carpenter, their published their published uh, their published powder size was like one to two, maybe one to three. That's tiny, like. If you if, if you bring your steel up to one micron, like at that point, any functional sharpness isn't really going to be noticed anyway. Considering that a hair thickness is what ten to twelve. Oh yeah, a, a hair is super thick compared to a normal knife edge. If you can get, if your edge is the same thickness as a hair, you're you have problems already. Yeah. So if you if your standard sharpness test is can this shave or can this shave hairs. It's going to do that if it's, you know, anywhere within shouting distance of, say, four microns. So. And if you've ever felt four micron, four micron grit diamond film, that stuff is, like, surprisingly thick compared to what you would think of as a knife edge. So, honestly, like, a shave test isn't that impressive anymore. Shave is about where you can get it, where it'll stick around if you're cutting anything vaguely abrasive because you go higher in refinement to say something like a, a surgical scalpel or um, just, I would say lab use blades where they're taking sections of something. They aren't exposed to anywhere close to the type of wear conditions for EDC carry. So, you know, if your shaving sharp edge sticks around, that's pretty good. Speaking of EDC use, what kind of angle would you guys be willing to put on a small EDC blade? Because you see people like Cliff Stamp like, oh, you know, I like nine degrees per side because like it, it out, 
theoretically in a lab, it outcuts a 15 degree per edge like blade. Wasn't it? Like that, that nine kind of degree inclusive? Nine degree per side, but that's still ridiculous. I thought it was nine degree inclusive. What would that even look like? That's that would be straight razor levels, right? Like half your blade is your edge bevel. Yeah, it looks like a fucking scanty grind. <laughs> On a paring knife. <laughs> I mean, you'd, you'd have to, if you take it to nine inclusive, you'd actually shorten the height of the blade considerably, right? Well, here's the thing that a lot of people don't really get about um, reprofiling a blade. You can reprofile a blade completely, like from like 25 degrees to 15 degrees, without actually taking very much life off of your edge. Because you... Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, you're, you're removing a lot of metal, but the height of your blade doesn't actually change very much if you're not going crazy and, like, apexing and then still going and forming a huge burr. Yeah, it makes sense. I guess if you're going the other way, increasing your angles, then you're having to remove steel. Oh, yeah, that, that takes a lot of life off of your blade. Because as soon as you take that first stroke, you're already removing metal. Meanwhile, if you're uh, reprofiling, you're only really removing metal from the edge when you're getting to the very last bit. Before that, yeah. you're, you're you're barely touching it. Yeah, for most of the reprofiling, if you're able to uh, just focus on the shoulders and only sort of apex when you get close to it, then uh, you shouldn't be touching too much of the apex metal anyway. Yeah, like right it's now, the same I'm with micro reprofiling my one of my little knives to uh, seventeen degrees just to get practice. And I haven't worked up a burr yet, and I've been going for probably half an hour. It's the same with micro bevels, though. Riley is probably going to disown me for saying this, but uh, when you micro bevel a knife, you're removing a lot of steel, no matter what, just because you have to. You're hitting the apex right away. If you put, it's not like you're saving steel compared to if you put that in another fixed angle sharpener and you just sharpen it normally until it's sharp again. It saves time, but. Next time you go for a full sharpening on like a KME or something, you're still going to have to remove all that steel up to the apex. So no matter what, like you're shortening the life of your blade by micro-beveling. Yeah, but if you're micro-beveling after your blade gets dull, you're just, you have this sort of uh, the U-shape that forms on the edge, and then you're just taking off the corners to form a sort of temporary edge again. But you would have to get down to the apex no matter what, right? Uh, otherwise, you're just... Yeah, but if you're from- micro-beveling at a higher angle... Then no, no, no. After you might, because eventually, after you micro bevel enough, you do have to hit the like normal bevel again. And when you do that, you have to take off all that steel until you hit the apex again. It's a lot easier to draw, like, but you're st- what if you're micro beveling? It's not like you're saving life on your edge. Some steels need it though. Hey, we started this episode off uh, talking about steel already. That's that's. Everybody wants to hear about <laughs> Speaking of steel, I assume it's the uh, the Steel Wheel M390 that's a big controversy or something about that. Is that why it's on the list? Oh my god, I forgot about that. Has there been an update? I don't know. Nothing so far. Asking. Because uh, Steel Wheel, like, they originally responded pretty well, but I haven't heard anything since. There's a post on Knife Club about something. I just posted the link there. I don't know if there's no new information in it, unfortunately. We're basically waiting on Steel Wheel to get the knife in. It arrived in the U.S. a few days ago, but given customs, who knows? So on Australian Blade forums, someone said that they're going to be sending a sample knife off to get tested by a actual laboratory. 
great. So we'll have actual information instead of random conjecture and people screaming. Okay, so I haven't heard about uh, any of this before. Sorry, I heard people screaming. Yeah, I haven't heard about any of this before. So can someone enlighten me as to what the whole deal about it is? Like I, I've heard about it, but I haven't been following it at all. So all right. So basically, um, uh, Pete of Cedric Ada Outdoors tested the steel wheel cut jack in M390, and the results were very disappointing. Very, very, very disappointing. Like non-powdered steel, disappointing. So, uh, Steel Will responded pretty quickly in the comments and said that they took off one of the took a Steel Will Cut Jack M390 off the production line and tested it on Sistel rope. Not sure what they tested on. I think it was a plastic cutting board. But basically, they were saying that the results they came back with were like pretty accurate for M390. So they wanted. Uh, Pete to send it back to them so that they could actually test that specific blade to see if it was a hardness problem or whatever. But basically, they they're reacting better than Bark River did to the CPM one fifty four A two thing. But there's a contingent of people who think that it's not M three ninety because allegedly one guy had minor staining on his knife after using it, and there's no photos and there's no any real information. But people are very very angry. But so, here's the thing, right? If it turns out not to be 90, can you really blame Steel Will like right away? Like obviously they obviously they have some part of the blame because they weren't QCing it enough. But if you're ordering your knives from a well Mazarin, then you wouldn't even really think to have to get it tested because Mazarin's such an established brand. That would be like if uh, DPX went to Lion Steel to get their knives made and were like, oh, you know, Lion Steel might not be using real Nile locks or real Slepanir because, like, we, we should find out. Like, no, no, Lion Steel is a big company. It is an established brand and people have trust in it. So why would you even think to have to get your steel tested if you're going to them to make it? At the same time, though, Mazarin doesn't have nearly the reputation that, uh, well, say Lion Steel or. Um any of the other people who do sort of, you know, runs for other people, even like say we knives. Um, I don't know of many uh, other brands that are using Maserin for their modern material uh, folders. So I don't know. Oh, 100%. Maserin, Maserin still makes knives in 440A and advertises it. That is completely unacceptable at this point in, at this point in time, because even even fucking even fucking Kaiser can get a hold of S thirty five. Why would Mazarin not use anything like anything available there? They have, they have they have Slepanir, they have Nylon, they have, they have N six ninety, right? That 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 shit's all pretty good. I like it. Why would you Why would you use such a? What is this drawing? It's mean like Mazarin just has no clue how to heat treat that thing properly. The thing is, they they might not be able to heat treat it properly, but you can't blame Steel Will the way that the knife community has been blaming them. Like, I remember hearing, I remember hearing accusations that they were a Chinese front and I can't really find any evidence for it. Like I looked at the parent company, the parent company seems legit enough. It, it, it's not big, but it, it seems legit enough because they're a design house. They're not actually a knife production company. Are they so, not Chinese? What are they? they? They're a, Steel Will is a subsidy or, or a, or a, like a daughter company of Subsidiary. sports manufacturing group, SMG, 
And、um, if you look up their corporate address, you can you can find their headquarters in Queens, New York, I think.、Oh. And they, they they don't employ that many people. They like I was looking through their public bullshit, whatever. They have like between like ten and like fifty employees, which which means it's a small company, right? But but if you look at their like building, it doesn't look like a tiny little office that a Chinese front would like run out of the U.S. just so that they could say they have a U.S. address. It it looks like a proper building, so. I don't know. It it seems like it would be a lot of work just to have a front in the U.S. So also keep in mind that they had a very good reputation for their fixed blades before they even decided to go into folders. So what it sounds like to me, an audacity recording. Seems like they're just、What? a design company then that outsources either to China or to Italy. And there's obviously problems with that, right? Because you either have to check every step of the way to make sure everything's fine, or, or there's no problem. There's no the risk of problem like this. Well, there's yeah, no problem with outsourcing. That's course, like, everybody uses them. The this is, is part of the problem of outsourcing. Then, if you don't have your own guys checking stuff every step of the way, it's I don't know. It seems unrealistic to like if I went to. Because Mazarin might not be the most modern company, they, they, but they do have a reputation with the knife community. Riley knew who they were like right away, and like I don't know that that's good enough for me. You know, like people have heard of it. I have seen their knives before. They are they seem legit. So I don't know. Maybe maybe Steel Will should have gone to another company that had a like a bigger reputation, but but I can't. Blame them one hundred percent if, like, they, if we found out that the knife was improperly heat treated, or if there was a steel mix-up. I mean, look at the way we treated. We still have to wait and see whether it's a one-off problem, right? It could be that it, this is like the only knife that somehow went wrong or something. But if they're all like this, then it's fair to say, okay, you should have probably tested some samples and make sure that everything's the way it's supposed to be before you start selling these things. One hundred percent. But Steelwheel did say that they did test a knife. Like I don't want to show for Steelwheel. I, I I don't like. I I just don't like showing. But, um, but like they, if they are to be trusted, and th- we have no reason not to trust them yet. If, if the if the knife they did test right off the production line did have comparable results to M three ninety, then it means that the problem is like super widespread. You know. Or it means they're from the same batch of knives. I don't know. Do they do they serial code their knives? I'm not sure, but it's not unheard of for even the biggest production companies to have a bad batch of heat treat,、um, or just not nail whatever recipe they've got going. You know what? Or- Bark River Bark River grinds their three V without cooling it down. If no one's giving them shit for that, then like having one bad batch of knives isn't isn't the worst thing in the world. And people were defending. CTs, LMAX. Oh, it was it was only like one or two batches though. Like I had a zero five six two, and that thing was fine. The other yeah, issue that could be to, all that this is. The other issue you have to consider is that、uh, depending on the heat treat oven style that they're using, it's very possible the blades at the edge or at the middle are getting a different treatment from the other ones, which is why. Most companies say that if they give you an HRC number, they say it's between like fifty-eight and sixty because you're not going to get equal treatment all around. What do you mean? My treatment isn't perfect. How dare you? Hi, Tobogan.
Good morning. I know my, my implications are quite frankly disgusting. As is your sound quality. <laughs> the going back to the whole steel will thing, like the one person, it all seems like. I mean, it seems they do have a heat treatment issue. Sure. Um, regarding the people that saying like, oh, they're not using M three ninety for this deal. It's all slander until I see the proof. That's the thing, though. That's the thing that pisses me off. Like, Bark River will consistently fuck up so bad, so like inexcusably bad. They 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 fucked up a carbon steel and a stainless steel. They they can't they can't grind their knives properly. And when people ask why, they just they just like that's how we do it. Like people will still defend Bark River for that. They'll be like, oh, you know, they just made a mistake. It's fine. And then. And then, like, uh, and then a company that has had not had any other real controversies will 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 make will, will have one bad knife show up, and people will be like, "It's a fake! It's a fucking! It's a it's a Chinese company! It's a Chinese company! They they are they are they are co- this is a communist knife company that obviously is faking all their knife data. Like, no, they they're, they're not even the ones making it. Slow down there, we, we fancy. Ugh, fucking not fancy." <laughs> But Bark River is American, so it has to be good. But they're not appealing to that that right that super right wing knife gun people rednecky population that Bark River is. Well, also I think Lion Steel was using, or sorry, uh, Steel Wheel was using Lion Steel as their uh, Italian OEM for a while, and then they decided to probably switch over to. Uh, um, What's it, Maserin? And then they got their, you know, they got their dick slapped on quality for some reason. Probably went to Maserin because they're cheaper, huh? That's what I'm guessing. And Maserin has tried to update, like, I think I've seen a couple of Maserin more modern folders, like the AM2 and AM3 on Massdrop, but everybody who I've heard of who had them in hand, they're like, yeah, the fit and finish on this is kind of crap. I wouldn't be surprised. Any knife company that's using 440A in, in 2018 is obviously not up to date. Like, I would well, expect that their heat treating protocols are not exactly even comparable to, like, we or Kaiser, who I assume doesn't try super hard on their heat treat. Look, man, 440A has a market. You got to have those Smith & Wessons using something. <laughs> and if we're going to put in a $100 knife, hey, it's good enough for Smith & Wesson, right? Got me one of them Smith and Wessons. They're a good gun company. They gotta be good knives, right? Hey, Ruger's knives are actually not bad, and Hoax, Hoax, Hoax are really good, actually. I like a good. Uh, Ruger's producing through CRKT now, and they're all using Las Eight, so not too bad, right? Yeah, and this is the other thing: if you have a company that's not actually like involved with the making of the knives, you could have what CRKT did, and you know they did not know that you know they're new lovely high premium steel spread was actually you know carbon steel it's 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 happened before by the way did you see my expert drawing on micro beveling it's beautiful i just tried to illustrate what i had in mind you see when it gets dull and you micro bevel you first have to take off less steel to get to an apex again right and then when it gets dull again then you apex it at the original angle makes sense to me i don't know yeah, I get it. Like it's, I, I get sense when one of them makes to make that apex. But what about a bpex? I don't think technology has come that far yet. You come into my house with that garbage. You spit in my mouth. Please don't spit in my mouth. Here's the thing: apex and when you apex live in my chest. When you do that, when you micro bevel to an apex, you're still 
removing steel to that apex, right? If you were to just throw it on, if you were just to throw it on an Edge Pro or a KME or whatever, and you bring it back to that original angle and you remove steel until you hit that apex, you will still have to remove the same amount of height to get to that apex because that apex is steel is 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 has because the original apex has been worn away. That steel is not. Yeah, but the the point of micro beveling is that you can quickly recover most of the sharpness again, right? You can, but people believe that you're you're saving height of your blade and that you're saving some steel when you do that. No, you, you, you're you're gonna lose that amount of steel no matter what because you have to remove that much to get to a to get to an edge. And if you get good at sharpening, you don't have to the burr that you form before because. However big your burr is, is pretty much however much steel you had to remove, you removed past the apex, right? So the smaller a burr you form, the more steel you're saving on your edge. Like... Sure, sure. I've lost the point I'm getting at. I'm three hard lemonades in. (laughs) Is that going to be your thing? It's like, you're always going to be three hard lemonades in? No, no, I'm I'm aiming for like five or six today. Thank you. No, but like much. the la- last time we did this, you were like, I've had like three hard lemonades. I'm like, oh, now you're doing it again. I'm like, oh, rum and no, no, no. Last time I had a rum and coke. Last time I had a, a rum and coke. Well, right now I have a, a diet Mountain Dew. Got a water. Boring. Shit, man. Oh, I got no. coffee. Three hard five me. Oh, four hard six me. I just. Espresso fucker and Riley aren't here, so I'm probably gonna be the only one drinking. This This is accurate. I'm not allowed to drink. Alright, moving on. What is the weirdest knife community? U S N Compared to the rest of the knife compared to the rest of the knife community? Reddit. How so? I agree. Like Will Moon somehow? Oh my god, Will Moon. Oh my god, Will Moon. Okay, we can shit on him completely safely because everybody other than Knife Club on Reddit hates him. Also because he that guy is uh, killer robots for police forces. How is this not? How is this okay? What was that? <laughs> and not only is he making killer robots, he's making overpriced killer robots. Who That's what annoys Moon? me the most. Who is Will Moon? He's a custom knife maker, uh... He has a very spotty history of either not delivering product on time or being rude to people. Uh, depending on who you ask, either he's like great and just had some issues, or he's just consistently lies. He has been banned from every single knife community except for Knife Club on Reddit because we just can't seem to be mean people. It's fucking terrible. Hmm. He he was banned off of Blade forums because he did not deliver on his products that people had paid for in advance. And when he was called out for it, he was a rude motherfucker. And the mods found him so fucking terrible to work with that he banned him, that they banned him. Uh, He got banned off of USN for being a rude motherfucker and not following through on orders. He got banned off of, what was the other one? Uh, That's a smaller form. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, Fuck. Jersey Devil? Oh yeah, fucking Jersey Devil. I cannot stand that forum, but he was banned off of that too. Isn't there also like Knife Forum or one of the ones that's a bunch of people who split off of Blade Forum who were all like the Jesus Freaks hangout? No, 
Um, I have no idea. I remember finding it, and it was just kind of a, a graveyard with the exception of maybe like Tom Mayo's forum, who, as it turns out, is super Jesus-y. I don't know. The sad thing is, Will Moon's stuff actually looks pretty good. Like, if it, it wasn't him making it, I would buy the shit out of those. Yeah, I didn't know about his history. I actually like some of his designs. Now I feel bad. You're alright, man. Don't worry. There's no judgment here. <laughs> However, in the comment section below, you guys can let us know exactly how much you like oh or hate uh, Will Moon. And uh, while you're down there, go throw a quick uh, thumbs up, a little subscribe button. I want you to absolutely gangbang that subscribe button. I want you to absolutely deep D the subscribe button. I, I hate I hate everything. <laughs> Implying that anybody even will listen to this. <laughs> Let me check the uh, stats for the last episode. Oh, this should be good. We have like three listens, probably. Because no one felt like posting it. We have 16 listens. Whoa, big numbers. Alright, which one of you pressed the uh, play button 16 times? Yeah. What, is, what can I say? I like my outro. OPOP. No, that's fine. Um, I don't know. I uh, there's a lot of shitty steel makers out or knife makers out there. I mean, Will Moon just seems to be the most recent in the long chain of really bad ones. Yeah, he's nothing special. It's just he's on our forum, not our forum, but he's nothing fancy. I really yeah, set that one out. up. I I apologize. My parents said that too when I was born. I have you know who actually who actually do like on Reddit is this uh, crazy motherfucker guy. Okay, is his username shit. actually crazy motherfucker? Yes. I don't that know is... what his name is, but his username is that. Where'd you get this? out there stuff? But I love it. Where'd you get this knife? I don't know. Some crazy motherfucker. <laughs> he I uses like it. so much Timascus. I I he uses I paid a query, so crazy motherfucker two K. His, yeah, but, his knives look like acid trips. But he does it well. You know what? Good, he does it well. And he's got a lot of those tricks that the uh, that the old guard had. Like uh, putting inlays in without any screws. Like, I don't know. It's nice. It's nice, but... Yeah, it's it's really customized nightmare, to whatever Instagram. Nightmare ground so. recurves with with full Timascus handles. It's It's a lot. Yeah, I mean, I like the blades. I like, you know, some of the stuff that he has in terms of his, you know, blade steels. But when you have to take pictures while holding your knife with, you know, rubber fucking gloves, and the only time somebody's going to use it is, you know, taking pictures for Instagram, it's like, okay, I mean, I, I get that there's an ecosystem going on, but... Uh, I I don't necessarily agree with it. And he's, you know, nothing on him. He's super fucking talented. Well, I mean, you look at those uh, zirconium frame locks, which basically you can only open and close a hundred times before it will fail. But people still pay two, three thousand bucks for him. You know, uh... <laughs> the only time I open this knife is when I need to kill a man. Or take pictures of killing a man. Alright, see here now. Two thousand bodies for... Like a thousand bucks? That's not too bad, right? How much is that guy worth to you? About two dollars a stab. <laughs> well, you could take like you just leave it open, and then you have unlimited kills. That's a life hack right there. What if you stab yourself with it by accident though, because you put it in your pocket when it's still open? <laughs>
don't know what then. Each stab is counted by your insurance, I guess. Life from progressive, life taken by progressive. Look at this double hollow grind. How cool is that? That's pretty awesome. Must be a bitch to sharpen, though. That's a knife gripe right there. When the, uh, a lot of the super high end custom makers, they do this, they do this thing where the grind, like, starts off, like, super steep or whatever, and then, like, gets, like, it, it gets tall. But then, yeah. like, why do they do that? Like, Aesthetics. why can't they, why can't they make the grind line follow the edge, like, every normal person? Like, oh, wow, I get it. it it's, it, it, it's, it, it, it's like, a it's like the equivalent of having a Tonto, but not really. But why do you do that? Because it looks cool. That's the main reason why I don't like Tontos is because I don't like, like, look, I don't have as much time as, as people would like normally have to sharpen a knife. I've got a triangle sharp maker. I got to spend time. Like I can spend 20 minutes sharpening this knife. I am not going to like slow it down, double my time to like X to make sure I don't fuck up the edge on a, like another angle that I have to sharpen at, and it really just is annoying to me, which is why I've never pulled a trigger on another Makusta Katana, because I love the knife, but I don't want to sharpen, like, a Katana or a Tonto Edge. Also, it's because I'm lazy. I, to look I that can one sort up. of see yeah. the uh, use of a Tonto in terms of extra piercing capability, but unless you're, I don't know, taking down, you know, large pieces of plastic, like, uh, say, 55-gallon drums, where you really need... You know, some good piercing power and full thickness at the tip. It seems overkill for EDC, and then you see all these like nightmare grinds and stuff. It's like we understand we want you to take pictures of this and put this on Instagram. So we're going to make knives where they'll never see a sharpener, but it looks good on camera. I never understood that uh that that piercing capabilities thing. Like, like if you look you at the. Tips? <laughs> no, look look at shit like the Fairbairn Sykes right that was a fighting knife that like was actually used that thing has the thinnest tip imaginable because you want it to be able to actually stab people like you, you, you're not going to be using it for for like prying open paint cans or whatever that's a that's that's a utility knife this knife is for stabbing people therefore it is going to have a thin people well so why that, are we putting super thick ass grinds and like like using like quarter inch blade stock on all these tactical fighting knives? Because it looks good. Also, because nobody actually armor. uses tactical knives to fight. Who the fuck wears armor like that? When the like, Tanto like, shape was developed, that's what I mean. Like it had to get through armor. Yeah, but the original yeah, Tanto but... shape it was just a didn't have that sharp edge. That's an Americanized Tanto. It is the the transition on a Japanese Tanto is Tanto. I'm fucking Asian. I still say Tanto. What the hell is wrong with me? But the transition on a Japanese Tanto is a lot more smooth. It just yeah, looks like just it's got has, a lot of belly red at the tip. Yeah, yeah it that's, that's just has a straight spine, and then the belly curves up to meet it. Personally, I really like Tanto because of the for for EDC and stuff because they're really good around the house, like scraping. It's like a razor. It's just oh my God, a nice yes. flat spot to just scrape. That's so you like, know what? If if they came my, out with a good, oops, sorry. Well, all all of my beater around the house, like I don't mind getting them beat up. They're all tontos. I had a uh, Kershaw shuffle too. I used to use that thing to scrape like glue off of like skateboard decks and and like 
remove bullshit from like like wood. It was it was actually pretty useful. I should get another one. You know, I think I'd pay I'd pay a good amount for like a solid good mid mid level like razel style knife. Like there's the razels that are like what four hundred dollars a piece, and you got the CRKT razels which I think are discontinued. Then we got the mini razel which is other CRKT. I'd pay for a good in between knife between those two like points. I think they undiscontinued it because so many people were buying. That was the second yeah, knife I ever bought. HQ. It was on Blade oh, okay. HQ for like twenty bucks last week or something. I don't know. Gotcha. Yeah, that was the second knife I ever bought. I think the first one I ever bought was a CRKT Lake One Eleven. The second knife I ever bought was the Razel. Third knife I ever bought was a Boker. A Boker? Uh, is it a Boker? I don't know. I don't remember. But uh, yeah, they. I thought they were fine. Like I like that blade edge, but um, I didn't know how to sharpen a knife, so I just had a real hard time sharpening that thing. Cut myself a few times. But yeah, I'd pay for a good like mid level between those, like a hundred dollar point. Something. Yeah, I mean, if you want a decent, like, a poor man's razel, you can just go with the Tonto, because it'll still scrape really well. But that's just me, maybe. I don't know. So, I never talked about this in the, uh, in the knife pub chat, voice chat, but my 0620CF lock is not secure at all. I was a little bit drunk last night, and I started banging it against my knee, and the thing just, the, the, the lock just broke. Like, like it just slid off. It it, it just mm. it just slid off of the thing. And wait, let me post the. You guys saw the GIF, right? I don't. I haven't seen it. I'll post it again. But basically, what did you call I, it? The zero six twenty CF no, 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 by no. ZT. No, no, no. So you said something <laughs> else there. What, what did you call it now? What did I call it? Did, Was there a Freudian slip and I missed it? Did you say GIF? <laughs> <sighs> so peeking about a bullshit right here. Yeah, man, you need to take your Jolden Retriever on a walk. <laughs> yeah. I'm Chinese. I'm allowed to not speak English good. Oh, um, you cannot use that excuse <laughs> at that moment. English this is, is actually argument, my third language. I'm this is an kidding. argument that transcends languages. Posting this in the uh, general Discord chat. Actually, I think I have an argument as to why it should be GIF and not GIF. Why does why does no why does giraffe have a G? I because think the English language makes no sense. The English I think language technically makes no GI sense. is is it should be pronounced GIF, but uh, it just isn't because of reasons and there's no discussion there. Because internet people are weird. Look at this giraffe. Oh, oh toboggan! It's in the uh, general chat, by the way. What was your lot of general chat? Like I hit my knee really hard because I was really drunk, but that is no excuse for a ZT lock to fail like that. Yeah, that's that's pretty scary. I'd send it in. Um, as well, a, if you don't want to send it in, I don't wow. how to fix that. How do I fix that? Okay, I so can grind down the lock interface, but I'm not doing that. That's that's what like, that's what I was gonna suggest. So the knife, yeah, no. the custom folder knife I got from. Uh, from uh, Unite Hexen had that issue. So I had to take apart the knife and just take like some sandpaper and make the lock bar, the top that meets the knife, more abrasive. And then I didn't have that issue anymore. It's a quick fix. And I'm too lazy to send it back That's down to Florida. Hey, yeah, it's a quick fix. 
but it works. You know, I haven't had an issue with it since. And then, ow, it just closed on my finger. No, I'm just joking. So the the, the, the the proper way to fix a lock bar slip like that would be to have a less steep angle on the lock face or to have more lock bar pressure, right? The, 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 the lock face angle change is probably the safest and longest term way to fix it. But you can't exactly do that at home, you know? No, that this is why I have a problem with what people call drop shot action. It's a fidget metric on how well it seems to perform, but on any actual use, it's it's just a hazard. Because if you can have something that drops shut where you know the lock bar pressure on the blade is minimal enough for it to fall down, and you know it's also a function of how much the blade weighs. You know, under any kind of like improper use, it's likely to fail. And you combine that with like the super early lockups you see on a lot of custom models. And it's like, you know, the lock has an action to provide safety first. So I'm annoyed. I get the part about about uh, early lock lockup. I think that's stupid. But saying that drop shot action is dangerous, I think, is, is a bit too much because it's really mostly a function of once you get once you get a pivot that technically could, could drop shot, like ball bearings definitely can if you set them up right, then it's mostly about the detent track, how deep the grooves are in the steel from the grinding and what kind of detent ball you have, how big that is. And then the lock bar pressure really isn't that important. You can have quite a heavy lock bar pressure and still have near drop shot action. That is one clicky clacky knife you got there. That's a megalodon. Those are extinct. Uh, why would you lie? <laughs> no, I do have a 15 meter long shark in my room right now. Why are you talking about my dick? You know, the, oh! easy, <laughs> the, the easy way around all that with the drop shot thing is just compression lock, friends. Lock stick. You're not wrong. Lock, a little bit of lockstick is a good thing, though. To get back, a little to bit ZP, of lockstick though. keeps you having that gif, that that gif. I am sticking with gif. Fuck y'all, I'm sticking with gif. <laughs> Whatever. It, it keeps you from Look having what happened in that gif. Look but, at this gif raff. Yeah, fuck y'all. <laughs> get back to ZT. Both ZTs I've had so far have just had terrible lock bar or lock interface geometry. It just seems to me that G ZT no, doesn't but, know how to design that shit. No, this the geometry on this 0620CF is great. Look at that. The the angle is very, very, like it, it's, it, it's, it's not too acute. It, what, what's the right word? It's not too angled so that it would easily slip off because having a really angled lock interface is a very easy way to get perfect lockup, right? Like, if you look at my Ferrum Forge Falcon, the, this angle is actually a little bit steep, but like the the ZT, it's it's very nice. Like, I think it would be maybe a ninety. What, what does it look like to y'all? Hundred degrees, maybe. Like, it's not a big angle, but I don't know why it's slipping off. It makes no sense. Like, well, I'm, I'm not very good at that because um, I can't count the number of four fifty, four sixty, no, five sixty two CFs where you can press the lock bar all the way over. You know, just with your your hand grip. That is Exactly what I was going to say. Both my 0450 G10 and my 0804 that I had, they both had that. You could just basically with light pressure from your thumb, push the lock bar all the way to 100% lockup. 
And that just shows that the lock bar geometry is just wrong. Or not the lock bar, but the lock interface is just not angled enough. That just means that as your sort of lock face wears off, you're inevitably going to get lock rock. I'm going to try to hold down my uh, push to talk button because this whole this whole having to hold down a button every time I talk thing is getting really annoying. I have uh, my KME 300 grit and my KME 140 grit standing parallel on my shift key right now. And well, it is staying there for the rest of this chat. That seems like a personal problem. It is a very personal problem. I mean, I understand why and they did it, you- so we can't all just start screaming over each other with a bunch of background noise. It makes sense. You obviously haven't played video games much. Or at least PC games. What? No, the push and talk for the for the talking that we do for the recording. I know, but PC gamers usually use push to talk for just about everything. So like I'm not even I've never had it. I'm not even noticing that I'm pushing my button when I'm talking like <laughs> well, I'm doing it now, but like other times it's just automatic. Yeah, it's pretty reflexive at this point. I mean, no, that's fine. That's not what I'm saying. Why, why are you accusing me of like, like oh, obviously you're not a gamer. No, I'm that? accusing Jarvis. I have yeah, such a grandpa. big problem with game with gamers as like, oh, it's a culture. Stop treating your fucking video games as a culture. Like, I, I love, I'm fine with video games, but like, don't, 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 don't make it a thing. Don't, don't, don't be like, oh, this is our, this is. This is just hashtag gamer things, guys. Fucking my fucking razor hashtag gamer gamer life laptop. No, you're you're, you're playing a fucking video game. No, no. You're trying to Why? oppress gamers right now. Yes, I I want to oppress gamers as much as I fucking can. This isn't a I fucking game. It. I don't understand it, and I don't want. I'm to. gonna go on Twitter right now. Oh no! Please no. <laughs> I never said what I was gonna do on Twitter, but I'm going there. <laughs> Twitter, right. Are any of you on uh, US Send? No. I have an account. No. It is a toxic place, but there is so much good information there. My only knife, like, news where I get any information about knives is pretty much Reddit at this point. It's, <sighs> it's so much, it, yeah, it's it's so much it's easier easy. to keep alive. And, and the fact that, like, Reddit has everything else is why I use it. Like, I can get yeah, all the way. Way news for the entire day off reddit so i can just pick up my knife news at the same time i don't have to go to somewhere else but yeah, it's every damn person there is like times. an it person or a gamer like like 85 uh, the ratio of people who use knives and who just want knives for pretty pictures on reddit is way worse compared to usn or or, or blade forums uh. USN is pretty circle jerky there. USN is a terrible circle jerk, but uh, yeah, actually, I feel like everybody just pretends to actually use their knives on USN. Do we want to move on to the next topic? Yeah, sure. this is this is a dangerous topic. <laughs> so, at what point is it acceptable to start charging more for sprint runs or discontinued models? It is dependent on what will, people are willing to pay in an open market. However, gouging is still an asshole thing. Okay. Um, yes. And I want to bring up something that happened on Knife Swap the other day. I don't know how many of you are here. Um, there was a PM2 that was going for 240, the DLT trading, I think it was. P2 
PM2 for yeah, it was one DLT and two Bento Box M390s. Yeah. And honestly, a lot of people are willing to pay that, but everyone was jumping down his throat saying, hey, that's no good or whatever. I'm 100% fine with people increasing prices on sprints and limited editions and stuff, but the one thing that gets me, like, like you, you can price a bento box PM2 for however much you want. I don't give a fuck. The problem I have with it is if right after they sell out, you price it for super high because you only picked it up specifically to sell it up at a higher, like, price point you know well yeah that's that, literally the definition of scalping yeah, yeah that's how i was gonna say like, scalping but 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 if you're if if you bought the knife like planning to use it and you, you used it a bit and you realize oh i don't actually like pm2s very much because the handle is too damn blocky and they won't apply any pair of three cqis to it then then you then then then, then you sell it for whatever the market value is at the time that's fine like, like enough, yeah. go for it but if you if you go if you're going to if you're gonna buy it and then the very next day flip it for two forty or three hundred, then it's a, it's a dick move because you're obviously just okay yes. People. But then at what point can you price it for two forty? You just is there like a set time or you just have to follow the market? I think it's fine if everybody does. And it's, it's also been what, a few months of... since the DLT PM twos came out, and how, how fast would you say that's going up? I like to think about intentions mostly, and the guy straight up admitted to the fact that that was his whole thing. He bought this, left it in the box, in order to sell it at a higher price. He even admitted yeah. to that. If it's like new in box like that, it's you can tell that you're just being an asshole. Like, come on, man. So, wh- where I like this thing is gonna happen, and there's a certain level you tolerate, and then there's a point where you don't like you don't tolerate it anymore, and where that is for me is um did how how long so at the get-go like a week after the sprint run releases it sells out no one's got it you see a bunch of stuff hit the market and everyone's selling for double the price to me that's not okay however if there is a if there is an rot a, a rise over time where it's incremental and reaches a point where people are going to stop paying for it that's when i re- think that whatever price it reaches and that way is okay because it is a steady increase rather than a straight up scalp and I think I think like ninety percent of it is based on intent. Like you can tell when someone's doing it to scalp, and when someone just realized the knife wasn't for them. Like, like I sold my Boca Quaken for a little bit over whatever the market value was for it because it was a limited mass drop run, right? I sold it for maybe twenty bucks over what I got it for. That that was that was because I like. Nobody complained about that because that was like that that wasn't that's not an insane increase, right? I'm just paying I, I just want to not have to pay a fuck ton of shipping. But but if but if I were to sell it the next the day I got it for like three two hundred and fifty dollars because they are going for two hundred and fifty dollars. That is what people yeah. are willing to pay for it. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I, I can't believe I could have gotten a hundred and fifty bucks, but nah. Um like when you see someone do that, you can tell that like they, they 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 bought it because they knew the value would go up. Sure. Yeah, I know the difference it. between like, seeing a knife as an investment or not. And if you're buying to say, I'm going to buy this because I know it's going to appreciate, then you're not going to be open to giving somebody a decent deal who also happens to be somebody who's just like either going to use it or, you know, is going to appreciate it on its own merits rather than, you know, tying its value to whatever the market says. I think a lot of the reason why people have problems with scalping or 
price gouging on KnifeSwap is that we think of it as a sort of community of people who like to who like knives and want to trade knives, and it's not we don't like if people think of it as a place to go and earn money. Speaking of uh, speaking of sprint runs increasing in value, are all of you picking up a paramilitary two and M four and DLC? Hell yes. No, because I don't like the size of the PM two. If they did it with the paramilitary three, probably. I'd like one, but I don't know, man. If I want to pay the customs charges and everything. I'm not I really want that combination in a shaman sprint. I'm not going to pick one up because the only reason I would would be to sell it later. And that's, like, I don't really care about that. Yeah. Like, there's, I don't know. That, I wouldn't use it. I already know right now because I already have a PM2. And if I bought another one, I wouldn't use it. It'd just sit in a box and eventually get sold. Hey Major, wanna help a help a brother out and uh, forward it to me then? Cause I do not, because they do not ship to Canada. Mm, possibly, we'll have to talk about. Canada, who doesn't? Thank you, sir. It's, I mean, it's almost the perfect PM2 to me because I love black black coated blades and I like M4 and I like PM2. So yeah, but I hate the fact I hate all this exclusive bullshit. I get it, but it's also kind of shit, you know. Do you want to be the specialist snowflake? I want to pay dollar reduce to prove it on the internet. This Hell knife yeah. is the knife for you. <laughs> <laughs> DLC DLC from Spider Co is surprisingly good though. I I still haven't scratched my para two. I haven't used it super hard, but I've cut things like you know like mesh screening or wire or whatever. It's it's still fine. So I didn't know you could put it's downloadable content. I didn't know you could put downloadable content on a knife. <laughs> Well, ever yeah, since Aaron uh, was it, uh, Aaron Gao did his uh, whole uh, video on DLC, and like you get actual DLC, and it it holds up pretty damn well. Yeah, as long as it's well made. I think the problem is you see a lot of shitty DLC, so people automatically just like conflate it with like, oh, you know, it's like the Teflon coatings, it's like the BK one coatings. Um, K Bar has some pretty gaudy looking DLC coatings sometimes. Yeah, and also the the kind the stuff that isn't really DLC, but people think it is DLC. The lower the stuff on the lower end spider codes. It's literally just black paint. <laughs> oh yeah, my god, it's steals. so bad. What are you guys' thoughts on Cerakote? I haven't have had any Cerakote uh, knives. I like the fact that you can have do you seen basically the, uh, any color you want. One and two's black coatings. Nope. It's like as bad as magic marker. Ah, uh, that's. That's a shame. Do you guys remember that uh, there was a, I think it was a PM2 or something, or maybe a Yo2 that was on Knife Swap, and it had DLC that got scratched up, and someone just took a Sharpie marker to it to try and <laughs> yeah. hide the scratches? Um, I actually didn't look too much into Cerakote. Looking at it now, I don't mind it, because I like matte finishes. Yeah, I also like the fact that you can basically do any color you like. Can I get a red anodized knife? <laughs> no, you can yeah, get a red no, Cerakoted knife. Yeah, yeah. I, the trouble is it does scratch off Cerakote. It doesn't flake off, though, like some of the really bad coatings. Yeah, that's terrible. But I was wanted to... It's pretty so, tough, though. Like, they use it on a lot of guns more than knives, but still, it's pretty tough. I, I think. I haven't had it myself, and I'm pretty sure it's fairly tough. It's, it's supposed tough, to be tough, but, but it's not quite as tough as DLC. You, you, you can't really actually get tougher than DLC. Like, the only way that DLC gets fucked up is when you scratch the actual steel, you know? Like, abrasive wear, like, 
50 years, you, you, it'll probably still stay there. Um, yeah, it's just gets blemished. You, you could you could you could be cutting cardboard for like days and nothing would happen to it and even when it does it doesn't I've never seen DLC chip off like I, I see the steel underneath getting scratched and the DLC coming off with it so fuck why didn't I make my voice to talk about an F1 now everything's all fucky rip hazards of multiple recording programs hmm what was the next topic um well Olympics, but I don't like the topic. How much of the Olympics have you been watched, forced to watch so far? Zero seconds. I didn't even know they were on. Oh, shit. Yelly's, uh, is it Helly? Yelly? How do you pronounce his name? Probably Yelly. Yelly's fucking boker that he's gonna shave with. He was gonna put a <laughs> 17 degree per, edge si- per side edge on that and try to shave his face with that. Well, I found something for that. Here's a, here's a razor by Crazy Motherfucker. You should get that. I don't know That's how to pretty. feel about that thing, man. <laughs> I like the blade, but I fucking hate the handles. Yeah, it's what it's I call uh... the least of Frank aesthetic. The what aesthetic? Well, there's a uh, children's, um, I would say, art supply brand where every single color is absolutely psychedelic. And most Damascus looks like that. You can chalk me up to not really liking Timascus. At most, like a Timascus clip or something, or an, or a pivot color. Yeah, yeah, like we talked about before. If it's an accent, I can live with it. If it's something like that, you can shove that shit right out the door, my friend. But give me some wood scales. I love wood scales so much. They make non-knife people not afraid of it. I don't know why. It just works. Like you More could have a fucking. Listen you to could me. have an yeah. You could Same have an OTF guns. knife. Oh, that's true. Like, uh, what's a, what's that super, like, usual, M1? Is that the bolt action thing? You could have an M1 with a black stock, and it'll look like a weapon. You have an M1 with a wood stock, and it looks like a, uh, looks I'm like sorry. a hunting rifle. I, I hate to say this. Did you just call an M1 Garand a bolt action? I don't, I don't fucking, no, no, that's the, that's the one that, where you shove, like, the bullets out, like, through the top, right? An eight, an eight round on block. Yeah, that, that. That is, yeah. that is not a bolt action. That is a semi-automatic. Uh, I you don't serve. think that's what he's talking about. I don't I know don't, what I'm talking about. None of these about. words. But when you see when you see when you see a gun with a woodstock, it looks like a hunting rifle. You put a synthetic black on the same thing, and it looks like a school shooter weapon. I don't know which one he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. No, I see, I, I got your point though. Yeah, M14. Wait, let me Wood, Google it. Yeah, Google the, what you're thinking about because I don't. Are you thinking about the M14? I think so. it is. Yeah, I'm. I'm a little. I'm a little bit stupid, but that. All right. Yes, I do see your point. The the wood, at least on knives, um, really helps with like making it less intimidating. And I have pretty much wood on all of my knives, except for my 562, ZT562, because it's a carbon fiber. And I was like, you know, I like the carbon fiber look on this. It looks all right. But uh, yeah, everything else, I try to get wood scales if I can. It's just trying to find someone who can like who who can make them for a lot of these. What do you think is most friendly looking blade shape? Something like sheep's foot? Sheep's foot, 100%. Oh yeah, absolutely sheep's foot. The salad is like, it's a bigger knife, but a lot of people don't really freak out when they see it because it's got wood scales and the blade shape doesn't look stabby. Okay, jumping back to that wood scales thing, how much do you guys consider um, paying for customizations to your knives? 
and do you think it increases the value of the knife and why would you pay for to customize a knife rather than getting like if you got a benchmade or a zt and you put a new clip and new screws and new scales and everything on that you could probably get a crk for the same price so i'm just curious that came up a little while ago Curious to CRK doesn't make flippers. I think it really, if you really love a knife, then it makes sense. But you can't, you have to accept the fact that most of the money you put into it to customize it, you won't get back when you sell it. Like if yeah. you buy scales for a hundred bucks, you can't take a hundred bucks more when you resell it. You might get 20 bucks more if the guy who you sell it to even likes it. That's the sort of, that's a problem, right? Piggy, piggybacking on that, I, I 100% agree. Every customization thing I've ever done on my, to, to my Spyderco, you know, I've, I've accepted the fact that it is purely on me and the value is worth more to me and I don't plan to ever sell it. But I understand completely. Like the scales were $30 and some of the other stuff, I think was like another $100 in mods altogether, this thing. And I thought it was well worth it. I love this knife and it makes me like it more. I plan to keep it. And I just accept the fact that, you know, if I ever wanted to sell it, I don't think that would happen. But if I ever was, the value is, you know, it's probably going to be less than what it would normally go for. Because people don't want um, your customizations that you've done on a knife for the most part. They want to do their own. Or they want to see what everyone else has the way they have it, figure out they don't want it anyway, and then catch a release like people do on most of their knives. People see Griptilians with, like... You'll see Griptilians with like aftermarket scales, and the person will be like, "Well, the knife was a 150 plus the scales were 100, so that's 250. I guess I'll take off 25 and I'll price it at 225." No, no one's buying it for 225. We like you decided to put those fucking scales on. We're not gonna pay for that's that. I'm not paying for that. No, like, and those don't sell as well as like normal Griptilians at normal prices because people want. If I'm buying aftermarket scales, I want to buy them in whatever pattern I want them to be in. I'm, I, I, I'm putting down a hundred bucks on a fucking pair of scales. You know how many I mean, knives you can get with a hundred bucks? My first knife was an M Tech for four dollars. And the other thing is, if you sell the scales separate from the knife, you could much, you're much more likely to actually recoup the cost on that. Like if you have a set of scales, it's like okay, they're in really good shape. I paid a hundred for them. Let me charge say sixty. And they're not attached to a knife or anything. People might actually spend that rather than like, okay, let me add this onto the cost of whatever, you know, Griptilian I have. Yeah, yeah that oh, would yeah. sell so much better. What happened to Milligan? He used to make six skills, but I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, I think, uh, to be honest, I don't doing... like most of the stuff he did. They're, All this stabilized not, wood is kind of weird. They're not normal, but they're interesting. Like, I would, I, I would put down money for a pair of them just because... Yeah. All, all of my wood scales are by Milligan. He did a, he did a good job on the southern ones. And you've, you've, I've posted the night before, so I think it looks good. Yeah, I like his work a lot, but um, my chances of getting something done by him have gone down as I've started to acquire the tools to kind of do it myself. So uh, what's stopping me now is kind of laziness. So, so well, actually, that, that's an interesting point because it's something I've always been interested in. Because, like, I do... I do blacksmithing and armorsmithing as a hobby. So I was thinking about how feasible it would be for me to do something like this. So what do you exactly need to like, you know, make your own scales per se, whether it be G10, Micara or wood? It's not actually that much. You need a, uh, a router. You need a drill press. You need a, I would, I would recommend a handsaw or something and uh, lots of grits of sandpaper. That's honestly all you really need. A, a, a belt sander might be helpful, but 
You don't actually need it to make the pair of scales. Oh, and a fuck ton of clamps. Get a fuck ton of clamps. You need a fuck ton of clamps for anything you ever do. Just what do I need invest for? in a bunch of them. What's the what for? Why would I need seafood? You know, clamps. For the downtime. I, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm got leaving. you. I'm leaving. <laughs> you need clams and mussels. This right. is very true. <laughs> All right. So, you know, not as much as you think. What do you think for someone who wanted to make their own scales? At the very minimum, what is the cost they're going to need to put in? Depends. Well, if the thing is, a lot of people have half these tools at home, right? Like, I assume I that they don't have any of these tools. Like, it is an 18-year-old off in college, has got nothing but really likes knives, and he goes to university out in Minnesota where they're okay with that shit. He wants to start doing this. He has, I don't know, a hammer. Probably a hammer, some nails. Each of the power tools listed, you can get for about $100 brand new from Harbor Freight for a shitty one. Uh, sandpaper, like, come on, man, everybody has sandpaper. And then uh, clamps, like, I don't know, like 50 bucks worth of clamps. So that's what, like 350 to 400 starting costs for the very, very basics. It's not too bad, though, because you can use all that shit for other stuff, too. So in the grand scheme of, like, doing any sort of this kind of material and stuff like that, um, so you'd say around $350, $400. For, like, the bare essentials, if you really have nothing else, but I don't know, get a, get a makerspace or something, man. Like, there's, there's ways to get tools for cheaper. Buy them used. Go to, go to, go to your university mechanical shop or whatever. A great place to get tools used is government auctions as well. Real estate sales, um, or yeah, estate sales, yard sales even. Just go out early on a Saturday. You'll find them that way. That's absolutely correct. I have a buddy who picked me up a uh, table saw and a radial arm saw for like a total of under $50. It was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Nice. I've got... I've got a I've got a cordless Dewalt drill I picked up at a yard sale for three dollars um, a couple months back. Great investment. Came with a whole drill bit set, all practically new. Um, but you can get a lot if you just have the means to get to a, a local suburban area, um, and you know three or four hours in the morning on a Saturday you can you can get a lot of stuff that way. How do you find those like estate sales and stuff? You have to look for that. You literally there's not really other way. Well. There are a few ways. You have to pay um, attention to the community and, and uh, like bulletin boards at, at uh, supermarkets or community centers or libraries and that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, you can also go to any 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 auction house on a day that they'll be having it. We'll generally have some tools there. If nothing else, they'll probably have a shit ton of even old clamps for like a dollar a piece. You just buy five of them or whatever else you need. But um, old auction house auction houses and places like that will will sell a lot of stuff that that'd be really cool. Um, I used to go to a lot of those. I used to gra- drive up to like Carlisle, Pennsylvania. They have this huge thing there that they have for a whole weekend where it's like the an entire I don't know like fifty acre lot full of nothing but car parts and tools people are selling secondhand. Were any of you here for when Riven was talking about his $2,000 knife grinder? What in Tarnation? Yep, I heard it. That is... Not... Not... Holy shit, man. That's the kind of shit you do... That's the kind of grinder you buy if you're going to start a business and need one of those as a service. Riven's an artist, so... He's a what? He's an artist. That guy's knives are... Underappreciated. Who is that? Uh, Riven. That's pretty. That's pretty crazy, man. I'm not gonna lie. That's pretty crazy. 
Did you, did you see it? Nope. Um, he has a he has an Instagram under the same name. Uh, holy shit, man! I, I he he won't even let me buy a knife. I would I want to put down money right now for one, but gonna keep on chilling till he lets me. You got a link for that Instagram? Can't find shit. I can't find it either. All right, one last topic before we wrap it up. Um, pros right, and which- cons of carrying a muggle-friendly knife, and what makes a knife muggle-friendly. I hate that word. So we kind of talked about it with the the wooden scales and stuff, but I'm just curious your thoughts on that. I guess size, right? Can't be a pocket sword. I think shape matters a lot more than size overall because I'm just looking at my Atlantic salt, and I've used that thing in places where like people would have been exceptionally worried about seeing something sharp and shiny. The thing's nearly four inches long, but the sheep's foot blade just like instantly takes it from, oh, that looks like it's a weapon to, oh, that looks like it's not a weapon. What about locking mechanisms? I, that's what I was going to say. The The locking mechanism and deployment of a knife really does a lot to add to how much it scares somebody. Um, a spring assist... I use the spring assist at work because a lot of times I only have one hand open and it's just easier to use. I will get flack from, from people about like, you can't have a switchblade. I'm like, I, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> it's like one of those, like I could explain this to you, but I'm not gonna. Sounds like you need some spider codes. I, so, I've used a salad. So what do you think would be the best for non-knife people? Like if you're, if you're to carry a knife with you, EDC and just just for handing out when people need a knife, what would it be? Slip joint. Uh, a locks cadet. A locks cadet. A. Yep. That's a, a good choice. A Leatherman. Yep, a Leatherman is what I would hand them. Um, it's easy to pick up. Everyone knows is oh, it's a multi tool. It's not a knife. It has a knife in it. It's not a knife. Um, I actually am not a big fan of handing people slip joints because if they if they collapse that and accidentally cut themselves, shit's on you, man. I've been debating picking up a Spyderco UKPK just as a muggled knife, so to speak, because even oh, with that. even with just basic liner locks, I've had people that don't know how to use them. Yeah, then they don't know how to close them, and then they cut themselves. Yep. And that that's a solid choice. So the UK PK, I like the look of that one. The Ergos, like they got that kind of AK forty seventy like grip system, but not nearly as gaudy. And I just like the style of the blade. And even though it is a slip joint, if they manage to collapse that on themselves, like it's it's their fault. Like there's <laughs> they gotta be doing something really dumb. Yeah, I like the UK PK and also you know the Urban because if you've got a choil that really is a safety thing for preventing them from closing it on themselves or at least preventing injury when they do close it on themselves. Yeah, and a good half-stop as well. You know what I've noticed Urban works really surprisingly good. well to calm people the way wood does? A worn coating. Like, for some reason, when people see, like, say, a griptilian with a fucked-up coating, they just think tool. Because, like, I don't know, maybe it's the shiny blade that scares people, but, like, a worn black coating makes people, like, more comfortable with it for some reason. Any of you noticed that, or is that just me? Um, yes, it also helped, like, the... 
I'd say yes, because I have, I did a uh, acid stone wash on mine, on my spider coat, which is what I use at work nowadays because bringing my um, spring assist was like, ended up being a no-go for pretty much everyone at work. But for some reason, me and my salad is fine. And like having the worn blade and like everything, just making it look as unassuming and not shiny helps a lot for me, my personal opinion. Oh boy, I'll show you my salad. <laughs> I need to see this. But yeah, like, like, um, what was it? I had a I had a really shitty fucked up knife before, and when I like it wasn't a, it wasn't it, it didn't have a black coating, but it looked like it was like beat on. People just looked at it like on the job set, and they were like, "Oh yeah, he's gonna he's gonna go cut up a log with that or something." That's just what you do with a tool. But like you you would bring out like a brand new uh what what, what has a nice what has a nice polish on it? Bring out a Sage Five. That thing's shiny, right? Like it's got a it's got a it's got a satin. Uh, they, they see that sh- they they see that shiny blade and they're like, "Oh my god, that's a that's a stabbing tool. That, that's not a that's not a work tool. It's an AR-15." Yeah, there's definitely that. So, do any of you carry a knife that's more friend- people friendly for when most do your EDC, or is it just more for specific yeah. occasions? I do because I kind of have to. Like, as your primary, or do you carry an extra one? Nope, I just I basically only EDC slip joint, which is the the line steel collector knives, CKO one. But if I could, I would EDC some. Is it's that also the fact of that if you go laws or is that just yeah, just laws. Okay. Shitty laws, and also because I spend most of the day at university, and people are yeah. a bit squeamish. You, you don't see a really lot of need pe- anything, any big knife, you know. You see a lot of people say like, "Oh, don't who gives a fuck what people think? Just carry what you like." But I kind of need like social things. I I need I need to like have friends, so I do have to base what I carry off of what other people think about me. That does matter, as much as it sucks. Also, just because you don't want to be that guy constantly, right? I mean, you can, as much as you can not care about what other people think, it still affects you what other people think, and it's still, you know, annoying when you stick out like a sore thumb. And, like, we shit on mall ninjas for the exact same reasons. It's like the difference between a guy who whips out a knife to cut something that needs cutting versus the guy who's standing around flipping and making people uncomfortable. Yeah, I, um,. Not gonna lie, I started I started my little knife extravaganza as a mall ninja. So like I'd I'd go around and be like, I got the sick ass knife off of Bud K. Check this out. And I used my mom's credit card and shipped it to my friend so she wouldn't know about it kind of deal. Um but, we, uh, we all grow, it's okay. Yeah, enough about two weeks ago. Um so I guess uh, with that kind of thing, it's just it's it's really difficult trying to communicate to people who who may who may enjoy knives like that, and I guess it's okay for them to enjoy it, but to like withhold a little bit because they really hurt the rest of the community when they do that kind of thing. It creates a it makes a really bad first picture for like anyone else who's uh either interested or would have otherwise had a better first experience with people who have knives. Show that mall ninja your PM2 and let him feel the difference. Where's Evangelize. The, well, why isn't this thing fully serrated? You gotta have serrations on your knife. Only on half of it, though, because I need to be able to stab people, too. <laughs> why isn't there a blood groove on it? Yeah, you can't kill anyone without a blood groove. 
Where's the skull crusher? Oh my god. Every time I say the word skull crusher, I think of Heater. Have you seen his knives? We've talked about this, right? He's got a Dude, folding axe. awful. He's got a folding Viking axe. I'm sorry, who is this? H-E-E-T-E-R. Knifeworks. Alright, boys, I'm going on an adventure. It is... It is a revelation. He makes... Oh my god! Oh, that guy with those fingers. Yeah. <laughs> he make Me he makes Medford look rational. Actually, looks a lot like Medford, but just with what less brain. <laughs> look for the one with the uh, two karambit rings and spikes on the karambit rings, and a spike coming off the back, and a flipper tab half the size of the blade. So that's my favorite. It reminds me of that one kid who used to draw. Um, you know, blades and stuff on his binder in school. Like, somebody gave him a belt sander and some decent steel, and it's horrible. Those finger Dude. grooves look like the worst thing to ever happen to Ergos. That knife actually looks like something I've seen on Bud K. What's even it the point of having a physically tip towards hurt you. the handle? That's just... Um, skull oh crushing. God. Skull crushing. That's what it's for. Whose yeah, skull just... is small enough to crush in that? <laughs> what I like is that he's got the full blade stock thickness at the front, so like it's now basically impossible to use for any sort of penetrating cut because okay, have you found the uh, steel here? Have you found the uh, heater axe blade? I'm gonna screenshot it and uh, send it to the chat. I haven't seen it already. Oh yeah, I posted it last time. It's so beautiful, right? I can't find it. He got you. I want to see this thing because I'm I'm a big fan of axes. This is not something you would be a fan of. I'll be the judge of that. It's in the general chat. Good luck. <laughs> oh, is that what? That's already you just posted that in the knife pub. Yeah, yeah. No, I posted that. It's basically the same one. That's so an axe. That's, a, that's not an axe. That's like a. It's well, a the blade sharp... sort of has the shape of an axe at the end. Like, if you look at the blade shape, it's kind of like an axe. Like, I guess so. But like, to me, this thing seems like just based on how looking at it, how thick it is, it is a throwable sharp mace. Yeah, my Ferrum Forge Falcon is at one micron now. I'm in love. Well, so, what do you, you think? Wrap it up. Uh, sure. yeah, toboggan. You wanna sign us out? All right. Well, guys, it's uh, been another great time here at the Knife Pub, uh, but I just want to let you guys know that uh, before we sign off, just wanted to uh, give a little shout out to you, our listeners. Uh, you've been doing this for a long time. So have we. You've been with us since the beginning, back all the way two weeks ago. You know, it's been a long haul for us. And, uh, you know, before I sign off, I just want to let you know that if you could, if you could uh, hit the like button, if you could just absolutely smash that subscribe button for me, I mean a lot. Every single one of those does a lot for me. You know, with uh, YouTube's new algorithm it's really hard to uh kind of get the views get the likes you know it's a little difficult for me so um if you can't give uh there and if in and if it's a little hard for you um i also set up a patreon account uh you can follow me at uh triple xxx 360 no scope uh, uh xxx um on patreon you know just anything you guys can give would mean a lot to me and uh uh this is the knife pub and we'll see you next time